0: At radio we make the world better. make, make the world TV better
1: real. tuned in to real. All real. All real.
2: Everybody, this is Sam Oser, a uh, host of Left so of Liberal and uh, reporting at the intersections of class, race and gender. Today we are going to be talking about standardized testing, talking about the star, and we have Claudia De Leon with Houston CVPE joining us today. And um, we are going to be unpacking the racist systemic issues of standardized testing and the movement to stop it. So Claudia, Thank you so much for joining yep. me today.
3: It's my pleasure yep. to be here. Thank you for um, yes. allowing us your platform. Yes,
2: yes. of course. Uh, one more thing. If <laughs> you, you just jump, get a little bit closer up. to the mic. All right. Okay,
4: Ooh. so wait, aren't we supposed to do the... Yeah, uh, the perfect. Better.
2: Yeah, yeah that's better. Okay. Uh, so okay. Um, so question, we I'm have so problem. many layers of stress happening. Tiffany, two Absolutely. Two with one, oh, like my, pandemic the winter storm (laughs) and the kids are still being forced to take the star
3: yes so um that's definitely an issue this year that a lot of people um can relate to a lot of um people are feeling the the stress of uh you know income insecurity food insecurity housing insecurity And with all of those things weighing (laughs) on their families and on themselves, um, Uh, you know, lots of people are reconsidering whether a student should be tested with such high stakes Um, attached. Yeah. And uh, I personally Mm. uh, agree Uh, that it is Uh, not beneficial and it shouldn't Mm. happen this year. Um, So um, we do want to promote Stop Star, especially this year. But... um, (laughs) I've been an advocate for now opting now out of, of the high-stakes really standardized testing for um, at least seven seven or eight joy. years now. What oh, wow. Joy? Um, and all the we it's because of the be the same joyful, issues. The issues really that most or that a lot of people are like feeling the the now um, that look they don't usually feel, like the job insecurity and all the struggles of this year – We have a a segment of our population that uh, deals with those issues chronically. Right. And so, um, and all those other years, they've been, you know, affected by testing and the consequences. So, it really uh, is a bad system. It's bad for schools. It's bad for kids. It's bad for education. And we do um, want it to stop.
2: Well, and there's people, people profiting
3: off face. of it, right? Like, like that's a big that uh, push as to why I mean, it exists. Um, uh, yeah.
5: Today um, is the day. The actual
3: test bad. costs a lot more, no, um, even like so percentage wise, than, than um, it did before. It was high stakes. Mm-hmm. And, and so, what what does I high really stakes mean exactly? The so the high stakes just means well, what it means is that. There are punishments um, attached to not doing well on the standardized test. Um, So high stakes means that at one point it was used for teacher evaluations. I think it might still be... but not as bad. There was Are a fight, you, f- you know, you um, dealing with that here in Houston ISD. <laughs> there, but um, is high so stakes for teachers like personally, even uh, principal evaluations so have really star test ask. scores, school evaluations, the I mean, A through F You're not uh, accountability ask. system is right? so based on star test scores. And, yeah. and What that leads to is if there is a
5: school that um,
3: chronically or for several years in a row doesn't do well on STAR, they can be slated for closure. Right. And that affects the kids going to that school. That school will be closed to them and they will have to go further for an education or reapply to that school in their neighborhood and possibly be denied or not qualified qualify yeah, to go to art. the school in their neighborhood. So it does not benefit.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it, what it ultimately school school does is it set up, sets up the path for charters. Um, so
3: it does. That's what it's set up for. Um, that's what happens. The schools uh, close or they're, they're given to charters and Charters so are know, like, how do you largely, you know, for profit, uh, and even if they're nonprofit, there's usually a, a side organization attached to them that um, takes on the profits. So it is absolutely a money-making industry, not just in testing, producing test products, producing test materials, um, but also in the selling off of the school real estate and uh, the education. Of yeah, our kids yeah. for profit. With and do, it's people who are close to business will realize uh, that so in business, just, you hey, try to spend as little be a, as possible, I just be a you know, to, to get your problem like minimum return (laughs) so yeah it's not really a good model for for education we want I as a parent want our um, government and our society to invest in schools and to make them better and I feel that that's it's fairly obvious where schools can use improvements without paying millions upon millions, if you know, not in the billion-dollar range yet, um, on standardized yeah, testing.
2: Yeah. Um, so something I learned um, fairly recently, remember when like, the whole protests were happening around HISD being taken over, um, and uh, just during that time, I think it was like two years ago now, maybe three, um, I learned how the star testing is directly tied to school ratings um, and it it's tied to the school ratings and also with the the zip code right so the the richer the neighborhood the better the test codes the better a test score is the better the the
3: more desirable the school the more desirable
2: the school so like the testing directly is tied to socioeconomic standing um, could you speak to, like, what you've seen around that? So, historically, even before a star was a
3: glimmer in someone's eye, uh, standardized test scores over a variety of different disciplines Um fall largely along socioeconomic status lines. Um, Socioeconomic status and standardized testing um, largely fall and rise together for a variety of factors that are largely undefinable. Um, There are different metrics that go into socioeconomic status, and it's a correlation. Okay. So they're highly correlated, but it's not causal. Okay. Um, What are the facts? So um, we did a little research. Schools with uh, and uh, higher, when, and especially when you're talking about groups, when you're talking about populations. So, um, schools, a population, you know, that community. If it's a community that um, struggles with socioeconomic status, has low socioeconomic status. Generally speaking, those test scores are going to be lower, and that isn't a value statement. It doesn't. Um, like, I don't attach any value. Like, that isn't good or bad. It just is. That's how the um, scores tend to fall. So when you take a policy that then punishes uh, based on standardized test scores, you end up saying that you're going to punish based on socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. And that is... Um, very, I I mean, I would definitely go as far as to say it's immoral, it's unjust, um, to punish people for, basically for struggling with poverty. Not all poor people struggle with poverty, but there's definitely, um, there is a part of, you know, society, there are people who struggle with poverty, they have food insecurity, they don't know where they're going to yeah. You know, eat next. They don't know if they're going to be able to make the rent. They don't know um, if they're going to have a job next week, and that is um, stressful. And while some may still debate whether it's the place of government to improve that situation, I definitely feel that most Americans would say that it's not the government's place to punish.
2: Uh yeah, those, yeah no, I definitely you know, agree. People
3: for, uh, based on their poverty.
2: Yeah. So. Um, in what um, ways do you see the punishment? Why? I I try not to say uh, come to life, like come to fruition. How do you see it? So, in schools that
3: serve populations that um, might struggle with test scores, you will see an end to recess kids are they don't have time what to go to recess because they have to double down on english they gotta get that extra english practice in yeah um at my child's school they ended science lab wow so um it was a like an uh an enrichment class that all the kids got to cycle through in the week, and um, it was basically a class on love of learning. Right, the science lab they would go out, they would look at the the flowers and the sky, and science lab is you know, great, It's fantastic. Yeah. And um, but that was done away with because the only time science is tested is in fifth grade. And again, it came back, and I saw science fall away in every other grade except fifth grade. And then in fifth grade, the fifth grade science teacher had to cram six years, kindergarten through Uh, fifth grade in one year. So it just creates a lot of um, unrealistic expectations and uh, parameters that end up punishing students. And um, it's not a real... It's not a direct path to test scores. You can't just manipulate one thing and think you're going to, you know, improve everyone's test scores. Um, basically, people's lives go into their test scores. And and, and and there's just no way around that.
2: Well, and like all the benchmarks, like just so much benchmarking, too. Like, have you seen where, like, you know, if they get recess taken away or science lab taken away, they're given more benchmarks?
3: Right. The, well, there, there's test prepping, so that comes with benchmarking yeah, as much as possible. It could be up to, you know, 18 benchmarks on top of the real star tests, you know, on top of the other, you know, standardized tests that they may have to take on top of GT testing to see if they qualify for gifted and talented. And that is classroom time. Yeah. That is learning time. Um kids start prepping for star before third grade. Yeah. When my um, when my children were in in kindergarten. When my daughter was in kindergarten, she's two years um, after my son. Um they where my son was with um, a teacher Ma, who go, was an artist, Ma. so she kind of taught through so that lens. Was mm-hmm. She was, you had them do hands on, she had them do paintings in the kindergarten. I could never get my son to do anything but um, a big round scribble drawing with every color in the coloring um, box, and so it ended up being this big black circle. She got him to paint. Wow. Flowers Thank in a vase I mean, on a table. That's amazing. It, it is amazing. Um, and, it was And I
5: think ultimately that really confused.
3: Yes, I mean I can't go I, I don't have the words, but it was fantastic to see. And uh, and quite unfortunately 2 years later um, like, you know what? star appeared and all that changed and my daughter had the same teacher who was wonderful but she was constrained by star right and she was constrained by being mandated what to do in her classroom she is was, it
2: is it still called teeks
3: yes it's still called teeks and i, think, actually, I feel like it's okay to, of course it's okay to have for joy <laughs> yeah. teaks right to have a, a goal this is what we're going to be teaching but when you start going into telling every single teacher what they're going to teach in their classroom every day it's it's too much it, teachers have to be able to differentiate and um, do what's best for their classroom their professionals you know
2: well it's really gotten very fascist um, whenever I was in college I was kind of torn between like do I want to be a teacher or a journalist Um <laughs> Spoilers, I did neither. I went into marketing. But I was a teacher assistant for like a year and a half, two years, while I was in college. And it got to the point where the teaks were so uh, confining and so constraining that the, the teachers that I was assisting, they would text each other when the administrator would come in because they would teach how they would normally teach and do it to where the kids in the classroom were uh, receptive right. and then as soon as the administrator came in they got the text and they they right. immediately right. would switch gears back into whatever absolutely. was demanded from them oh, and absolutely. it was right. this was in high school because i wanted to teach i ideally i wanted to te- teach like uh, journalism in high school and then do like freelancing afterwards but there's just okay. like no way <laughs> they're like calories. how <laughs> <laughs> It is very
3: fascist in the systems that yeah. it's okay to she have a standardized test, baby. right? Fine. You but you cannot standardize people, like, yes, right. and then punish it, punish <laughs> and them then punish, for it, punish people, people not for not playing. fitting I in like, your cube. That bad. wonderful, like fantastic, fantastic like that. teacher, um, that my both my children had for kindergarten. When you walked into her classroom it was I was thinking about it had a character it was alive you know like she had
5: herself and
3: her things that you know manipulatives and you know for the kids to touch like real shells and things that she's picked up in her travels and I mean it was an amazing classroom but 2 years later it doesn't all the teachers were, you know, the, were forced to take everything out of their classrooms and it was a very upsetting like why? You know, because it was not like it, everything had to follow a formula down to what was on the walls.
2: Wow. And
3: it's it was like ripping people's hearts out. You know, you yeah. put your heart into your classroom and, and you know, building an environment there are, uh, you know, several examples at my son's elementary school. They had a teacher that connected with kids through his guitar. Like, he would use his guitar in classroom, and he would sing, you know, to the kids. And the kids loved him.
2: <laughs> I mean, obviously. Every
3: kid wanted, you know, and every parent wanted their kid in his classroom. Like, he was, he just had, he was the great—I mean, he was a wonderful kindergarten teacher, just like the teacher that my um, child had with with an art, with art, because that was her love, yeah. that was his love. But that—that's been taken away from teachers. Like they can't teach through their lens. There's only one way to do it, and that's it. Really disrupts. Yeah. So I feel like that takes away from from kids, and what's most important, I think, for kids in elementary school, and that is to foster a love of learning, just to want to learn more. And a, a standardized I mean, and testing is, is taking that away from the them. At and them at and it's you know we're paying fine. through the nose for it. Yeah, we're paying extra for the you know for the system to kill our children's love of education. Yeah, I
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like for
3: um for families. Who have thought about it right. and are kind of ready so to it, it take that you step, you know.
4: Recognize. So I, I
3: can if your child is in third through eighth grade, the process is, you know, really simple. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's a lot easier. I there are, I find these there's really I no even if they, consequences. Just, mandated. Right. You know, there are, there are no consequences <laughs> so that are mandated. Had, um in fifth grade and eighth grade the state does require that children um pass star Mm -hmm. but if a if the child fails or is absent they uh, go to a grade placement committee the grade placement committee is uh, comprised of three different uh people and that would be the child's teacher um or their teachers if it's multiple star right test but um the principal the teacher and the parent and the committee decides basically what's best for the child and so if you have a student that does well in school and they have good grades or at least passing grades the grades are a D. It's passing, it's and it's passing, up to yeah. the parent, you know, to say that's fine. Pass promote my child. Um, twenty twenty, and. And so that's an option available in fifth and eighth grade. Both of my children opted out of STAR in both of those grades, and they were promoted. Here in Houston ISD, we have uh, magnet programs, and uh, they were both part of ma- of magnet programs when they opted out, yeah, and um, applied to magnet programs, you know, while opting out. So um, Houston ISD has um come to terms with opting out as a as a district now d- individual schools might still be catching up but um really all a parent needs to do is direct them to district policy and the district policy is that there will be no negative consequences for opt-out students
2: Oh, okay, well, that's nice. Um, so the information all, for all of that, as she's talking, guys, is on uh CVPE org, and I will be linking that in the Facebook video. as As you guys know, if you listen normally, there is a live video going on, and when it's done, I'll go through and timestamp it and include the links for the things that we're talking about. Um, so I, with that said, let me, let's take a short little music break and then we can dive right back into it with, um, I'm really curious more about like, um, the machine of it, Okay, you know, like, yeah, cause I think a lot of people really just don't see how it's all connected in this terrible monstrous web. Well, let's get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> music break guys. Be right back.
3: So this is a bipartisan issue. This, You know, high-stakes testing has support on both sides of the aisle, and it should be fought from both sides of the aisle. It's a terrible idea for you know children and education.
5: This one segment and Marie are talking about really
1: idea.
3: The, it, it, I mean, it's, it, that is not like some conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's not a conspiracy theory. Like, this is actual. I mean, it's a stereotype. Yes. I never knew. But my life was <laughs> and that's why I asked I I know. Typically <laughs> know. <laughs> I know. I
1: I never knew I wasn't complete till the day you walked into my life. Mm-hmm. And I never knew that my heart could feel so. Days and the, the weeks and the years know, like will roll future, by and, like, on its way but not sure. nothing yeah. will change
0: Make you do wrong, make you do wrong.
2: This is Sam Oser with Left of Liberal. Uh, that music, music break was with All Real Radio. Uh, so we're like back talking right. about music standardized music testing. That,
4: that ain't, that, that, that with, they, that's uh, what they do know. and that's um, they story. <laughs>
2: uh, CVPE. Houston CVPE. You know what? You know what's really and so we are going so so to so talk so about the web, there the monstrous time. web of education and how standardized testing, um, is really complicit and is a tool to get everything started into school privatization. And uh, if you're just now joining us, that's all right. We we did cover slightly how to opt out of Star, but we will definitely be ending with more information on that. So uh, stick around, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into the the web. So. Where does the web even start? Where does it begin? Where does it end? So, um, high
3: stakes, like attaching consequences to um, standardized testing, began with Bush. So, um, I think I speak for, uh, I am, I've been out of school for, I've been out of high school for at least 25 years now, (laughs) and um, when... uh, us older people went to school, we had standardized testing too. Yeah. But was it TOS? It, I don't even remember. Okay. But there was a standard. And, that, and that's how little we talked about it. So I don't wow. even remember what it was called. Yeah. Um, we never talked about the standardized test. Um, besides the day before we were supposed to take the test, we would um, have a note sent home to our parents that would say, Please feed your child uh, tonight, and especially tomorrow in the morning. Make sure they sleep well. We're going to take a test tomorrow, and that was was the extent of our test preparation. Wow, it's a a journey. So um, it's really baffling to um, go to to a school now and see that, like, everything is centered and focused on Star, and so um, high stakes. Um, started with Bush, and he said, "What's accountability without consequences?"
5: I, I want to transition to our, our piece of poetry.
3: Well, I, I just feel like it isn't up to legislators to hold um, citizens accountable for living their lives, and maybe. You know, just being human. Yeah, we we as Americans um, really I think value individuality and humanity, and um, we believe that we aren't just mere cogs. In the system, Mm -hmm. that's right. China, that is. Those are communist values. (laughs) You know, we aren't cogs in a system, and it isn't for the government to say, um, if you don't do this or perform at this level, then you're not valuable. Okay, Um, and that's basically what standardized testing does. We talked about before standardized testing. Rises and falls with socioeconomic status. They're highly correlated. correlated. So when you say um, we are going to punish uh, communities or uh, schools, let's say, because it's the schools that close. Um, We're going to punish schools who have uh, several years of poor test scores. Schools are in communities. They're just their buildings. Like they don't do anything but provide a place for people to go. Um, they're filled with people and from the surrounding communities. Now if it's a community with a, a pocket or, you know, high concentrations of families that um, have low socioe- socioeconomic status and struggle with it, then those test scores for that school are going to be uh, they're going to be low um, and that what, that's, that's historically like it, the the students change in that school every year so it's not like you have the same students there failing every year um, you know every five years there are new kids in the school so basically you're saying that you that the state is going to punish closed schools based on socioeconomic status. This is something that I think a lot of people don't know. There is, like, it's not a test where you would say you have a certain number of questions, and if you get 85% of the questions correct, then you get a B. Um, The test scores are are on a forced curve. So you have, you take all your test scores... And you have a certain number that are A's, a certain number that are B's, a certain number that are C's, a certain number of D's, and you're going to have a certain number that are failing. And that is just part of the system. Right. So there is always a 5% failing, no matter what the scores were or how the students performed. So let's say, theoretically... This is what uh, edu- this is what the legislators told us would happen. It is, it is. Legislators told us that we're going to have consequences, and so everyone's going to try really hard, and everyone's boats are going to come up, and then everybody's going to do fine, and we're not going to have to close any schools. I mean,
2: okay, but
3: it's built into the system to close the schools. There is always a fight, a failing five percent. Theoretically, if all the schools got eighty-five um, percent of the questions on the star uh, correct. Neptune is there would still be, what it's supposed to do. Supposed to be a failing 5 percent whatever last schools they are whatever they are mm-hmm. 81 82 83 let's just say theoretically those would still be fa- those would be the failing grades so how is that just to a human being who can who let's say they did everything they could and they achieved a certain
2: level but it still doesn't matter because it's not as good As everybody else. Right. And then you tie that into the socioeconomic stuff. And the the schools, uh, the 5% that are more likely to close and fail are schools, places that are systemically poorer,
3: (laughs) Systemically underserved. So they are systemically underserved by whom? By our government. Mm -hmm. So how can these same legislators that underserve these communities then come in and say you're not good enough, and we're going to close your school. I just see it as tantamountly unjust and immoral for that to be happening. Yeah. Um, it is. I would say it's the role of the government to say if okay. Let's say we have standardized testing. They see a school that is that historically um, students don't do well on the test. Maybe let's think about sending someone in and say, well, what are the specific needs of this school? Like, what would make life better for the students that go to the school that are or that are in this community? Right? What would lift them up? Maybe more food security. Maybe these schools are in food deserts. Maybe you know job security or just support. Maybe we or just need a something. living wage. Maybe we need a living wage. Absolutely. All these things are tied together. Yeah. And um, the communities that suffer the most in society are now the communities that are being um, sanctioned by... Our government by closing <laughs> closing schools <laughs> yeah, and um, you know telling s- students that they're just going to have to fight a little but bit harder and you know apply and if you try a little bit harder you can maybe get the chance to go to the you school know, so in your neighborhood. That's ridiculous. Really yeah, like, <laughs> it's public schools, not Whatever. it's public schools. It's um, pe- people are human beings. They're fallible and. The government should never be in the place of telling uh, 10-year-olds and below that they're not good enough to have a school in their neighborhood. Because no matter how you cut it and say, oh, well, we want the teachers to be working harder. It's the kids taking the test.
2: Yeah. Well, and so we're talking about how... Part of it is the school closing, right? So if if they don't perform well, the school closes, which is
3: going to happen. I mean, yeah.
2: there will always it be there.
3: it's built into the system to have a failing five percent. So those failing five percent schools are going to be brought up for everyone to see. A look at all of these failing scores. I mean, it happens at the board meetings, you know, where you know they go over the, the when they were closing the schools, mm-hmm. you know why they're closing the school's poor test scores. Um, and they get parents to say, to think, well, yeah, this school isn't serving my child. And they get parents to buy into the idea of a charter is better, and they might show some data. But what they don't tell you is that charter schools can pick and choose their students, yeah. So charter schools are going to largely pick and choose students who perform well, and that might not always be um, high socioeconomic students. There are absolutely students that um, have low socioeconomic status and still perform well. On standardized tests, um, of course there is. Right, it's when we're talking about those things. We're talking about populations, so anything can happen with an individual. So they get to pick and choose and take the the you know cream of the crop and say, hey, we have a great school. When charter schools really are no no better or worse well they're worse because they don't <laughs> serve <laughs> like uh, they don't serve they don't serve students so they are worse um, public schools are much better because they have a a system where parents have rights and the school has responsibilities and um, parents have a whole system with the you know Department of Education to be able to address <laughs> concerns, and in the charter school system, that doesn't exist. So you know, it's you have maybe you know they're they're basically a little private to entities, whether they're private non nonprofits, um, or private for profits. Uh, they're charter schools that can pick and choose students. They largely do not serve special ed students and they're not a benefit for the community yeah but they're a big money making it venture even if it's free for for students so parents say how can they be making money I'm not paying well somebody is paying you know like they're getting they're getting grants or they're getting they're getting, they're getting money mm-hmm And they're taking as much money from that as they can for themselves and putting it as little as they can back into the school or for the students. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and like... The Waltons, they own Walmart and Sam's. They have their sticky little hands in Houston. Teach for America came from the Waltons. Kip also came from the Waltons. I wrote an article about two three years ago tying it all together and that's just one example of of many where the oligarchs have their hands in charter schools and privatization directly to profit. so they built this system within our government to make it to where those five percent of schools have to fail so that they can come in and bring in these privatized schools to profit to profit and it's no coincidence either that it's in areas of high gentrification rates um it's and mostly urban it's
3: it's um but urban areas and so if you read urban you read really black and brown you know communities um so this has happened in New Orleans,
2: mm, yeah, so that's our example where um, natural disaster exacerbated gentrification and exacerbated this absolutely,
3: and now New Orleans has no public schools it's all chartered yeah wow um, <laughs> and th- again the the charter system is a system where where there is There are less rules for the school to follow regarding serving those that are harder to teach. So they get to pick the kids that are easiest to teach and say, hey, we have a great school. Yeah. So
2: it really, like, just from the microcosm of your kid taking a STAR test to the macrocosm of seeing how the system is built to privatize education. And it really all circles around the star testing because the star testing is what's used for high stakes and accountability um, to make it feasible for them to privatize schools. And they've built it and lined it up like that.
3: The star test is the food for the... Monster, Yeah, the, the uh, testing, charter, education-eating monster. Um, the data is star, and the data is, is the fuel that feeds it. Um, so that is why I think it's so important for parents to hold their children out of testing. It's your right um, to do it. I have done it. And that is how we... That's, a, that's the fastest way to break down the system. Yeah. So we have some people who say, well, you know, we shouldn't not take the test. We should just write our legislators and, you know, tell them how unhappy <laughs> we are with what's going on. And I'm sure they'll jump on it and, you know, get this taken care of. The system is moving toward oligarchy.
2: And, you know, we have power players and they're being bought. And um well, and the privatization of education is bipartisan, like we were talking about. You know, it started with Bush, and then we had No Child Left Behind by Obama, but, and then o- Obama administration made things worse. Yes. And he actually put a loophole in FERPA, saying like third party uh, companies or third party nonprofits could get your kids' data. And the third party like nonprofits that he's talking about are these charters. Um, and that gave them that loophole for the information, and also for the software. The personal, the personalized learning is like a whole terrible. other terrible deep end thing. Um, but we were talking briefly during our little music break about um, an example of a school closing and then a charter popping up. Uh, could you speak to that example?
3: Well, the examples that I was talking about was in New Orleans. Oh, New entire, Orleans. Oh, okay. the entire district the entire system turned to charter there is not a single public school in new orleans um in houston obviously there are schools that have gone to charter um
2: (laughs) it's okay if you don't remember i think what's really interesting about new orleans and i think houston is definitely headed on the same A route of New Orleans is New Orleans was decimated by hurricanes. Just hurricane after hurricane. And with the uh, increase of climate change and these erratic weather patterns um, there's, there's profits in the floodwaters. And not from gentrification to development to education. They stripped New Orleans of public schools and now have charters. And Houston is on the same pathway. I mean we have these relentless uh, hurricanes that are getting worse, and now we have like this winter storm grid, which people still don't have water from, and you know that's exacerbating the stress and and everything for these star scores, and it's um uh, ooh, profit begets profit and means to an end and blah. <laughs> yes,
3: and we need to uh, you know stop it. Like we need to. I mean, I advocate for stopping feeding the monster. Right? Yeah. It's um, your your child your child's data is being used to punish and reward, and it perverts the relationship between student and teacher. Yeah. And it makes you know your child, your baby, right? As a parent, that's one of the most the most important things, you know, that you have to take care of. They are being manipulated for the purpose of punishing and lining pockets. So yeah. it's just so awful that I think it would be an easy decision for a parent to say, I don't want to be a part of that system. Yeah. And so I think once you've made that step, I think it should not be too much of a leap to join forces with other parents who, you know, will be there to support you, who've been through it, um, in order to... Hopefully, stop stop this from happening, right? Mm -hmm. We want our kids to have a good education. We want our kids to be able to think critically. We want them to be able to have to. We want them to have the skills, right? That we think we're sending them to school for. Yeah,
2: yeah. We're gonna take a super short music break, and then we're gonna dive right back in, and we're gonna tell you how to get your kids opted out of Star. and how you can get involved if you want to. So we'll be right back.
0: Some of the things that you guys were saying, um, wow. I heard you mentioning about organization, and uh, I remember we were saying things about um, incense and having plants, and uh, a lot of that sounded like um, you know really really peaceful ways of creating space to bring joy, mm-hmm. and almost yeah. the opposite of that, you know, I, yeah. I I saw it in my head as chaos, yeah, like, you know, the you opposite of, like, of that is it was chaos. Really- so, you know, that just made me go onto the internet and look up what is the opposite of chaos. You know, what is the chosen word for the opposite of chaos? And there was quite a few, but the one that stuck out to me that I feel like is uh, you know, maybe constructive for us as non white people is
1: the opposite of chaos. in order to achieve that organization. So that just Hello, my love, I heard a kiss from you, red magic satin playing near, too, all through the morning rain I gave the sun doesn't shine. cool is it cool
2: This is Sam Oser, Left of Liberal. If you're just joining us, we are wrapping up a conversation with Claudio De Leon from Houston CVPE. And we've been talking about standardized testing and just the insanity of it and STAR. Um, if you're catching the tail end of this, this will be on replay for you on facebook.com slash Sam the Mullet. So we are going to be going into how to opt out of star so take us away (laughs)
3: so um if you're interested in opting out of star uh, what we have what i have been doing for the last uh several years has been keeping my children at home so this year if you're virtual you already have a waiver actually, from the governor, right? The governor said, if you are a virtual student, you cannot be required to come in just to take the star. Nice. So, you're going to... It's its a pass. You're either going to be given an A for absent or an O for other, and you, they're not going to get their data just because of how, you know, yeah. things are. If your child is going to school... Um, one thing uh, to consider might be to, um, write it down. have them stay home if that's an option. I know that is not yes, a very feasible option for a lot of people. Um, easy. and yes. you can Three go, so, you. It's, uh, it's, uh, go to, I'm going to give you the name of the website because they have the, more detailed information on steps for opting day. out. Um, um, you know, it's optouttexas.org so said, and it I redirects to the CVPE well webpage. Yes. Mm. So okay. So it's easy to remember. Optouttexas.org. It didn't work.
2: It didn't work. Oh, wait. Hold on. I spelled it wrong.
3: Yeah. So for um, third through eighth grade, there are basically no real consequences for holding your children out of STAR. Um, oh, oh. It's up to the parent to to agree um, to any thing, you know, any extra thing that the schools might want to, you know, put your child in. So let's say you opt out, and the school is like, oh well, you know, we might need to double book English. You just, you know, you can refuse any extra Star Test prep. You can say you don't want your kid in it, and (laughs) <laughs> if they have the school can um, <laughs> accommodate that. <laughs> yeah. <about our> so <laughs>
0: We're doing all that talk about your it. child
3: can still be in magnet yeah. programs. They can still participate in, you know, any advanced placement or, you know, gifted, talented programs. Um, world, right? Opting out of STAR will not okay. affect okay. that. Now, for graduation, Texas does require um, passing five, and of course, exams. Those are star exams, but there are also ways to opt out of those if um, you, if parents are so inclined, right? So you can substitute scores with it's you're not enjoying. What's the SAT and the other? A-C-T? And the A-C-T, yes. So you can um, substitute scores. And there is a three out of five rule. So you have to pass um, three out of five or substitute. And then um, you can go for an individual graduation committee. So there are different ways... That you can oh, still what? opt out in high school <laughs> that, that and would, um, graduate, but that, that is one that thing that uh, uh, I, I think um, would be the, next, the 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 fight is to get the legislature to remove star requirements, um, I, uh, for, yeah, for yeah, for a uh, high school graduation. So, to so I encourage everyone. People, like to look into it, if you're so inclined, it's doable, and the best way to succeed is critical mass.
2: Yeah. If um, if anybody <laughs> needed help during <laughs> doing it or weren't sure how to go about it, could they contact Houston CVPE? And yes, you
3: can contact Houston CVPE,
2: and um,
3: I would be happy to. Talk to no, people who are, no. um, who will get just done. want to get more information <laughs> or talk to me personally. Um, I'm open so, um, to that and I've done being, that. So, being, Houston CVPE.
2: Um, yeah. And isn't there also a Facebook group? There is. The Stop Star. There is um,
3: probably several, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> one, a, a great I'm Facebook group I, way, is. Texas parents, parents. I thinking,
5: like, that's just who I am. against Star. <laughs> is that the one? Lot Roxy's
3: with the <laughs> yes. yes, I can't remember exactly. <laughs> is it text It's um, um, man, these it's like take take action, that's Texas. It's like Texans take action
2: against Star. <laughs> Texans take action. Ooh, there it is. Yes, yes. Texans take action against <laughs> Star.
3: Now this that's a, okay. this is a great so, Facebook page. I, I just know, encourage everyone so to please one, read everything, know? <laughs> you know, read everything um, <laughs> on the page. There's lots of information. And there's also a website, and it is um, texedrights.net. So it's um, T-X-E-D, rights.net, um, having, having um, um, yeah. run by fabulous people who know the ins and outs of the Texas laws and how they are directly applied to districts and schools. Very good information.
2: And I think, like, one of the most important things that I really wish people would understand is you're not alone, right? So if you feel alone because you don't have a family support system or... You may not like have friends who know this or understand this. Just because you don't have anybody in like your immediate circles doesn't mean you're alone. There's a whole movement.
3: There's a whole movement, um, and yeah, you have we. You have CVPE. Houstonians have community voices for public education uh, to stand up with them, and you know we will fight with parents um, to get the best education you know for their their kids
2: and like even if you're not in hisd this still pertains to you right like you your kid still has to take the star test and this is still a statewide movement statewide movement so a lot of the ways that hisd kids would be opting out is similar in how they would be opting out right yes yeah, it's
3: the same because it's really, it's governed by TA and their rules and there's a lot of misinterpretation yeah. in the law by districts and then that is passed down to um, teachers in schools. So that's how a lot of people get um, bad information. But um, we're here to clarify, <laughs> you can opt out and you are not alone. <laughs> um i've been doing it for several years and before me i was inspired by the movement in new york state in the state of new york oh wow um parents there were fighting their standardized testing they got critical mass years ago and now parents send their kids to school and opt out so there's no disruption in the day you know for the student and so that's really where i want us to get
2: yeah that makes perfect sense um, thank you so much for joining me today and unpacking the racist systemic issues with standardized testing um, and then explaining to folks how they can opt out and where they can find more resources for those of you listening who are like "Oh shit i I'm sad I missed the whole interview. (laughs) There is a replay on Facebook.com slash Sam the Mullet where I will be linking uh, everything that uh, Claudia just mentioned. Um, So that will be happening. It will be time-stamped for you, so you are welcome to go there for a replay. Facebook.com slash Sam the Mullet. And it's just really important to remember that as you get the news of everything terrible happening there are people fighting back and you're not alone in the struggle like please just remember that for the rest of time yes. <laughs> thank you for joining me have a nice day guys
5: part oh five things Um, just real quick um
4: tm and i absolutely love the penguins of madagascar (laughs) so there are certain lines in the movie that we just like go back and forth with and just die laughing (laughs) it's crazy um so that's one um i i love 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 and there are people who know this about me like, lately, that's all I've been eating is a bunch of spinach. Like, I think any day now I'm going to morph into Popeye.
1: <laughs> but
4: getting spinach from demosis like, it brings me straight joy. I just did it night before last. It's so good. I'm probably going to do it today. Mm. Um, uh, fixing my favorite drink and playing this game on my iPad. Like, I stopped playing games. Cause who has time for games? Like, not when you're working, right? Mm. Um, or even spiritually contributing. So so fixing that drink and just playing my game for like 30 minutes. I did it the night before last. Felt so good. Uh, let's see. Oh, using my money oil. There is a dear friend of mine who made me some money oil that is just beautiful. It has rose petals, money, gold, and it smells amazing. And I had stopped using it for like a week or so. And yesterday, because the people were in and out fixing our air, you know, we've had so much happen from the storm. You had to fix the panel, fix the heat, fix the air. And I was just like, it's too much going on. And I was like, oh, my oil. So I just put it on, and I was like, oh, money is coming. That made me happy. Mm -hmm. Um, Last thing, of course, I'm, I'm like Shatana, just being indulged, being with people, like, right here and now. Like, I really do enjoy what we do here, I really do. So just looking forward to it, thinking about it, like, oh my gosh, this is not—it's not just about us. It's bigger than us. It's the community, you know. Being here over radio, like no one was in, started—it's just love, Black joy.
5: It's all love. Yeah. It's all love. Yeah. Love, 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 love.
4: Yeah, that's another Donna Hathaway song. It is, yeah, love, love, love.
5: It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Miles, you will not laugh like that. <laughs> I just be singing, man. I just, you know, her response
0: was priceless.
5: <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'd be making stuff up, but you know, Yeah,
4: it's in us, girl. Our ancestors know. That's why when you just say, "Oh, that's a book by," I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know
5: that." Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So, um, I did. I did want to. Kind of talk about how, how we're moving forward. Because it's always about forward movement. Afrofuturism is always about how are we organizing to move forward. All day. And some of the things that I really want to take away from today is um, the pillars of creating joy, um, which are peace, you know, organization, um, just like centering yourself and your health. These are the pillars that really create a joyful practice. And, um, and that really does take investment. That it takes investment of time and takes investment of energy. And, and quite frankly, um, a lot of times whenever you are, are working to invest in creating um, systems that will produce joy, like these systems can't, can't exist in a bubble. Like, you know, you can set up your your station with your money oil and your your gemstones and, you know, take a time to have peace. But the world around us is chaotic. And the only way to really protect your peace is to join a community of people who are working to create a peaceful world. And over the years, what I've really been working on is like, how do we do that? Like, how do we really do that, especially with the way that white supremacy works? With the way that we all have to work ourselves to death through capitalism, and one of the answers I came up with was the Artivism Community Art Subscription Box. I call it the Art Box, and um, this Art Box comes for different populations, different groups of people, and I'm oftentimes promoting this box on my Instagram page called Artivism Community Art, or if you go on Facebook, Artivism Community Art Business Page, and. This, this subscription box comes from, for a variety of different groups, right? There's the community art box, which is just for people who really like art, want to have art all around their house, and they want to be connected to the community that makes their art, right? They, they want to say, like, I know the person who made this. Um, and, 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 you know, that's really important, especially when you're creating a joyful practice. Mm-hmm. Being surrounded by beautiful things, it creates joy. And then, you know, I also have the community art subscription box, the community artist. So these are the people who are who have moved past the, I just want to be surrounded by art and into the, I want to be a part of a collective of artists of all skill levels and ages to build a collective joyful world together. This is the person who's just like, man, I really want to be a great painter, artist, sculptor. But I really feel like I need people who, who are around me to build that. Who can indulge me. And by, you know, using the Artivism Community Art subscription box, you are connected to those people. You get lessons. You get um, invitations to create with groups. You get all sorts of support. And, and again, in order to create a joyful practice, we need to create systems. And we need to be able to have these systems be accountable to other people you know it's one thing to just buy art supplies from michael's or on walmart or something but you're not really building a system um with groups right and then of course i have a homeschool package and the homeschool package is really for fostering a creative practice at home right for those people who realize that in order to foster creative practice you have to do art or be artistic or engage in creativity every day like today everyone's at home you know for the most part and and when you're at home you often find that like man you spend a lot of time watching tv or on video games or on the computer you don't really have that much time to just be peaceful without electronics to be centered in your environment and and this this subscription is really meant to help build that Mm -hmm. you know help build it along with other people other homeschoolers other people who are at home creating and practicing creative practices. It'll connect you. It's a community. It's a collective. I know. You know? And this is what that subscription box is really all about. Um, I, I, I really wanted to, to put this out there um, because I know during the last art show that I did, the B-Sam Emergent show, you know, I, I debuted these boxes and and I felt like it went over well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do you think?
4: I loved it. I'm, I'm, and I'm biased AF yeah. all day. Like, I'm so <laughs> biased. It's Shatana, you know. Um, but just, just knowing being a part of the conference for, you know, a few years now, when we talk about the community and it being communal, like, this was very intimate. And it just, the energy was amazing. I can't discount that the young people really helped me, to, again, you know adults are cool, but young people are cooler. (laughs) So it was having them present, being able to voice with all of that beautiful art, with all of our just natural and raw expression. And it was intimate. The space just, it was just a whole vibe. So,
0: and the streets loved them. Because remember when my car got stolen? Uh, yeah. Found my car. Didn't find those art boxes. So
5: um, a little story. Little I totally story. forgot about
4: that. That they weren't in there. Yeah.
5: So after we got done with the art show, literally like a day later, someone stole our car. And I had like two or three of those art boxes in the back seat. We recovered the car. Thank God. Like the next day, we recovered the car.
0: The next morning, within eight hours.
5: You know, within eight hours. But within those eight hours, someone stole my art boxes. That's, I'm sure look, they got, sold them. I'm sure they sold them. I was about
4: to say we all we gotta do is find. Like, wait a minute, where you get that box from?
5: <laughs> you
4: know, that box ain't even out like that. The
0: streets, the streets like them boxes. No, otherwise for they would have left them in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: totally. Because they're beautiful. They're bright and and everything that the
0: shirts were awesome.
4: They yeah. really. I wore my shirt. You know, I wore my shirt. I was like, oh, put this shirt on, oh, Black Futures. Um. But shout out to Miles because he was like, I ain't waiting on the Paw Paw. He went and found his car. He really yeah, did.
0: Yeah. I, I told myself I had to be my own detective. Yeah.
4: That's the black joy. Like, yeah. all right, man, I'm not waiting on you. I'm about to find my car. <laughs> you know. You know? Got it.
0: Love um, it. You know also I wanna I just wanna real quick thank the creator because um, maybe a week later my best friend shared the story with me. A guy went to go recover his stolen car, literally eight minutes from our house. Like where I got robbed, it was eight minutes from there. And uh, that guy didn't make it. They uh, oh. they shot that brother.
5: Oh my god.
0: Yeah. So you know, I want to be thankful and joyful for no, totally. having gotten my car and not having that end
4: unscathed. And yeah. Oh my god. That's important. You know, you just again trying to. I just want to make it. Just get my stuff back. You know. <laughs> yeah, real stuff. Like salt. you real took salt. it from me, and <laughs> yeah. So it's just that you know, just that constant stress. Like, yeah. Let me be joyful that you know I'm good. I got my car back.
5: Mm. Yeah. You know, and you know. Really thinking about it again, this is another example of how stress could have taken over in that moment, but mm-hmm. we didn't really allow it to. We, we were very proactive. We found our car and at the end of the day, we were still joyful.
4: See, and that's what I'm saying. That that is a testament, honestly. Cause after you told me, and you was like, the police was like, Well, I was like, Oh, that that would have been my breakdown moment right there.
1: Like, you ain't doing nothing else. Right,
0: right. <laughs> go They buy you know my he car. literally wasn't doing anything else. I In fact, I told him where it was and where I thought it might be. Because it was on the you know, on I the got phone, on the, G- the And uh, what he told me, his words was, Oh, I'm gonna go check, but I'm gonna drop you off first.
5: He didn't do nothing. He didn't do nothing. You're going to be glad we
1: on
0: the radio. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go check, but I'm going to drop you off first. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, whatever. don't want nothing to happen to you, you know what
5: I'm saying? Okay. okay uh, sure.
4: yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. How calm you guys were, because it, it was something going on with, with myself, you know, that same thing. But I digress. It's like how calm you were. Yeah, I think that's what really was at the tone. Yeah. You know? So... But the boxes are beautiful. Okay, mm-hmm. finish talking about the boxes your <laughs> time.
5: When you build a practice that centers peace and joy and happiness, then you can act from a proactive way. Like, you don't have to be so reactive, right? And that's what really these boxes are all about. Um, the whole show, Afrofuturism in the AM, is really meant to help you design a practice that will center you in, in a place to, to act, you know? If you're designing a creative, meditative state that allows you to be peaceful, happy, and joyful, whenever white supremacy throws whatever negative thing at you, you don't have to be like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You can just be like, you know what I'm going to do? First, I'm going to go get some water. Yeah. Second, I'm going to figure out how to make this work. And and that's really all I want. That's what I want for my community. Um, And, and that really leads me to my last point, because, like... During this show, I don't want us to just abandon um, what the lessons learned from the previous months. Because, like, in January, we learned that we cannot achieve liberation without our bodies. Yeah. So that's why whenever you're building your creative practice, first you need to think, what does my body need? Does my body need food? Does my body need sleep? Does my body need water? You know, does my body need quiet? Does my body need exercise? Does my body need to be relieved of whatever stress that is causing? Is is building up within it, you need to think about that and, and, and make it a part of how you are building your creative practice. And then the second thing that we learned in February is visions of the future must be situated in love. So make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the people and the things that you love. If you find that you don't love being around this XYZ person, then you need to, if you can't get away from them, Find a space, find a place, find a time where you can center yourself in a place of love, right? Ta- take a moment to step away from the things that you don't love so that you can surround yourself by the things you love. Because if you're not surrounded by the things you love, then you cannot envision a future. You're just envisioning chaos, Yeah. right? And, and, and if you're envisioning chaos, that's the absolute opposite of what it takes to create joy, which is what we're learning. If you're in a place of chaos, then you cannot be joyful. Yeah. So, I think that's that's really that's really what I want. As we continue this this show, we're going to continue learning from what we've talked about, and 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 that's really my that's my th- those are my words. We're
4: gonna keep dropping the facts. I wanted to ask her when she just when she just did that improv. I'm like, was that your actress again?
5: Mm. It's always. I'm- <laughs> I don't think my actress ever goes away. She's always there.
4: See, you better let her c- girl come through. Come through. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. Can't, excited about the rest of the year's programming, too. Yeah. Gosh. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm so
5: excited. I, I'm actually thinking about, um, I've already thought about what we're going to do all year. And um, I, I got a real a real sweet, sweet schedule that I'm going to be posting um, and I'm I'm excited, and we have support. our
4: engineer finally.
5: Yeah, that's Man, something to be joyful miles.
4: about. It is. Thank you for uh, for being our backbone, for being our support.
0: And it you. looks like we have about nine minutes, right?
5: So that means that we need to end on end on something joyful. I think music is joyful. I think music is well, joyful.
0: I had another thing too that okay. came to mind. Um, so relationships, right? Because a lot of people singularly. F- seem to, especially at a young age like 20s, are looking for relationships to find joy Mm. then they get the relationship but They don't have no the systems, <laughs> right? Wait, they don't said have 20? the systems, yeah, exactly. No,
4: I'm talking about like that seems to be an ongoing thing. It I don't doesn't think stop, it's right? starting in 20s, right?
0: It doesn't stop, right? I, no, I learned that too. Yeah. I learned that too. I yeah. just remember it kind of starts around then. It when does, I think it even
4: now for our young people because they need social capital so mm-hmm. much, it probably starts much younger, mm-hmm. you and know? then they
0: don't even develop the systems that we talked about until the third, fourth marriage, you know, mm. and they've done this. Two, three times. So maybe y'all can touch on that just a little bit. <laughs> touch on that just a little bit before we go out uh, for any young people out there who are, you know, pining for that husband, you know, waiting for that husband. Man, and you know putting what it systems is. in place. It is
4: systems. Well, but here's the thing. You have to know you. The only way you're going to know you is by experimentation and practice, right? So this is going back to finding those five things. Very granular level. Okay, what were the last five things that brought me alone joy?
0: Mm -hmm. By myself. By yourself. By myself. That's important.
4: Take the people out. No Mm -hmm. people. No people right now. Me by myself. Listen to that, folks. What does that lead me to believe, right, about myself? oh, I can totally be joyful alone. Because here's what we forget when we're talking about relationships. It's an exchange. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you're giving the joy, you're receiving it. That's Mm -hmm. how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't practiced what joyfulness looks like on your own, it's not gonna work, boo. Mm. Like you can't come into this space with this other person and expect them to just entertain you all the time. That's just not how it works. So practice experimenting with your own joy
5: yeah. and
4: learn more about the rhythm of that that's what's going to create your system
5: for me when I was little when I was young I remember I remember thinking um, if I want to find my other half that means that I need to be 100% so that I can make up oh. the other half because how am I going to be 50% and make up the other half that means if I, if, if I find someone else who's 100% and I'm only 50% that means we only like Seventy-five percent. You know, I was trying to do the math. <laughs> that's know? good math. Wait, I, I was to say <laughs> this good is a good math. Fifty plus twenty-five. Wait a that that worked. You know. <laughs> you know. I, I. I. You know. So for me, I was like, first of all, I got to be hundred percent me, hundred yeah. percent happy, hundred yeah. percent. And then I got to find someone else who's a hundred percent. Because if I don't find someone else who's hundred percent, we ain't working at full capacity. That's we, perfect. You know. <laughs> Can I uh,
0: share something? So I remember hearing this quote from Will Smith a long time ago. And he was talking about Jada. And when I was younger, it seemed like a mean thing to say. And now that I'm older, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith said, her happiness is not my responsibility. At all. She should be happy and I should be happy individually. Then we come together and share our happiness. Giving someone responsibility to make you happy when you can't do it yourself is selfish.
4: It's very... Let me tell you something. I've always said this, what you hate you become. And I, I can notice my triggers, right? I hate when people are mean to others, right? I hate when people are judgmental of others, right? So then I in turn start judging that mm-hmm. they're judging, mm-hmm. right? So it's just that you have to know thyself. There is no thing on this planet that cannot be resolved. When you know yourself, I am responsible for my own happiness. Mm-hmm. I I can't know. I can't blame anybody else. And because we live in this system, we love to point the finger. Yeah,
0: it's yeah.
4: it's their fault. Yeah. It's her fault. You know?
0: Yeah, we've been trained to do that, really.
4: It's your fault, boo. You don't take the time because you believe that you don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Right? And or, you know, the, the, the normal prognosis, your childhood, you know, it's nobody's responsible for you. You're responsible for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So do work on that and then come together and say, we're happy together now we're growing mm-hmm. yeah. isn't that the point of a relationship
0: and that that funny math we were talking about earlier that <laughs> math was <funny>. that fifty <laughs> that fifty fifty you know you bring fifty I bring fifty and now we have a hundred that's always been curious to me since I was a kid. It's just like why wouldn't I want to be a whole person?
4: Why wouldn't we want two hundred?
0: yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. like why would i want to be half a person you be half a person now we make a whole person yeah
4: we a whole mess that's what we are
5: (laughs) (laughs) that's how you create toxic relationships
4: it is because it's codependency it's not a relationship it's not healthy at
1: all
5: yeah
4: yeah so i love that you brought that up because our young people again when we're talking about exemplifying the black joy Mm -hmm. it requires us to have healthy relationships that are reciprocal right? Right, right, right so that they can see oh this is healthy no matter if we argue, fuss fuzz fight, what have you, it's how we come back together. Like yeah. she's trying to say it. You getting on my nerves. I gotta go. You yeah. know? And I'm not talking about anybody here, I'm just saying, like whoever you are, you get on my nerves, I gotta go, I'll come back. Got a solution. You know? So yeah, we just have to practice not being toxic.
5: And really not being toxic, learning how to be a whole person, learning how to be mindful it is essential to also building community and 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 building the systems that you need to have a healthy happy and strong community yeah um so with that you know we are out of time
4: we are out of time so sam is here she's gonna queue up we love y'all we love you guys what you
5: mean because we live the truest lie? I asked him why we follow the law of the bluest eye. He looked at me, he thought about it. was like I'm clueless. Why? The Question was rhetorical, the answer is horrible. Our morals are out of place. I got a lies full of sorrow. And so tomorrow coming later than usual. Waiting on someone to pity us. While we find the beauty in the hideous, they say money's the root of all evil, but I can't tell, you know what I mean? Pesos, frank shams, carry shells, dollar bills. Or is it the mind state that's ill? Creating crime rates to fill the new prisons they build. Over money and religion is more blood the spills the wounds of slaves and cotton fields are never heal what's the deal a lot of cats who buy
4: records are straight broke but my language you know